You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. This morning, we are going to talk about tearing off the roof. And that song I love, I appreciate you guys doing it for us. It says, tear off the roof because the king's in the house. So that there's no barriers between us and him. And we're going to start with Mark 2. And I'm going to read that. And then I'm going to play a little small clip from The Chosen. How many of you watched The Chosen? It's good, wasn't it? If you haven't watched it, I would encourage you to. It's, it's, for me, it was a little slow getting started. And um, I have a little hard time with Jesus movies because sometimes it doesn't always look like Jesus. So it was a little, it took me a little bit, took me a little bit to get going on it. But Mark 2, I want to read a little bit of this and then I'm going to play that clip. And then I want to talk about what the God, what, you know, I feel like the Lord's shown me to share. We're going to talk a little bit about what the roof looks like for us. And they're going to talk about the mysteries of God uh, as the roof is taken off. Okay. So uh, verse one in Mark two, it says, and again, he, which we're talking about Jesus entered Capernaum after some days. And it was heard that he was in a house. We know that God is in the house, right? Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them. That's my next dream, that people will be so hungry for the presence of God in our house that uh, we've had several prophetic words that instead of filling up the shooting range next door at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning, that it'll be filling up our parking lot because people are so hungry for the presence of God. And that's not only a personal, personal prophetic word for us, but that actually has been a corporate prophetic word for the church to get ready for the house to be full because people, exactly what happened in Gaza is happening all over the world. Amen. So they couldn't, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them and they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was so when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Can you imagine that? Like I said, we're going to look at the scene out of The Chosen. But um, every time I think of that, I just think, wow, what friends, right? What friends? Yeah, what a friend. Verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Uh, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak, speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they had reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk but that you may know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. 
Immediately he rose, took up his bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we've never saw anything like this. You are the God of the impossible. And we want our roof taken off so we can see what is possible through you this morning, Jesus. Amen. You know, it's interesting because as we, you know, we watch the clip and there's a little bit of, you know, uh, uh, poetic license in that. It's not word for word, verbiage for verbiage, but it does carry the truth of the gospel in it, that Jesus is revealed. Apparently, I decided to close my Bible. That Jesus, when Jesus is revealed, then everything in us is challenged. So when Jesus was revealed to the paralytic man, even the woman who said, my friend has been crippled since they were young. So she had seen a miracle and she could see because of one miracle she witnessed that another miracle was possible. It was her faith. She was able to see what is possible. We don't always see in the natural. We have to be able to see with our spirit what is possible according to what the word says. In order to have breakthrough in any area, the roof is just an analogy. It's just a symbol of a barrier. And where there is barriers in our lives, we have to be able to see, imagine, visualize what it would look like to have breakthrough in that area. When we can see it, then it becomes a reality for us, which gives us the faith to step into something that is not that we are calling forth. So her Faith brought the paralytic man that brought the men who would break open the roof to lower him down. They believed if they could just get in the presence of Jesus, he could be healed. If we can just get in the presence of Jesus, he will break the roof off for us. But part of it is being able to see what we're looking to get breakthrough of. You know, we can take, you know, some people have prophetic words that you're waiting to get breakthrough, right? I know you do. You can just raise your hands or not raise your hands, but I know you do. Uh, many of you, I know. So we, we've got a prophetic word that we are contending for breakthrough. Part of that contending for that word is being able to see that prophetic word as a reality in our lives before it becomes a manifestation. I remember when uh, I had Hashimoto's, I don't have it anymore, but I had it for a long time and, um, you know, I had to take all this stuff and, but I started seeing what a thyroid I like Googled it online, 
what a, a whole thyroid looked like. What did it look like? Because I didn't know. I don't know anything about medical stuff. If you want a Band-Aid, that's about all I can, two aspirin and Band-Aids, about all I can do for you. Uh, and please don't show me any pictures of your, of your wounds because I can't take it. It's just not me. But uh, I remember I printed it out. I put it where I could see it. And I began to see until it manifested within me. And then once I went back to the doctor, they were like, well, you don't really have this anymore, but I don't really understand how that works. And I told them all that Jesus works, but, but we, we have to be able to get a picture of what we're contending for. They had to get a picture of what they were contending for. And then they had to do whatever it took, whatever the instructions were to get into the place where they could have breakthrough for the paralytic man. And, you know, of course, the movie's short different. You know, it, it, you know, you can look at him looking at Jesus and he's saying, get up and walk. And he's like, you know, sometimes it's hard even in our own self to know that God is calling us to take a step for the breakthrough. And though we can't see what a step is going to do, whether that step is to make a call, whether that step is to print out a picture on Google. It doesn't matter what the step is, but sometimes God calls us to take a step of faith in order to bring the manifestation of what we're seeing possible in our lives. And until we can't just say, okay, I have this and I'm going to set it on the shelf till you decide to activate it, Lord. We have to say, I have this and I'm going to go after it until the manifestation is broken through for me. And even if you don't have a prophetic word for it, you have the written word for where you need breakthrough. And it is the written word that is the living word that will bring you breakthrough. So no matter what you need, you, you have to find something in the word to grab a hold of to bring you breakthrough in it. Amen. I know. I'm just thinking, you know, God is so. I mean, how many of you have had an instant healing before? Okay, how many of you have had a healing, but it took a little bit? How many of you needed a financial breakthrough, but it took time? How many of you needed a financial breakthrough and someone gave you a check? You know, God just does what he wants. And the, what he wants is the very best that he has for us. And it's so hard to understand sometimes because sometimes we would like a written explanation of who, what, when, didn't we learn that in English? Who, what, when, how, where? Okay, Lord, Lord who, who, who's going to do it? You're going to do it. Do I need to go somewhere? You know, just tell me what, could you just give it to me all ahead of time? So then I won't have to worry about when it's going to happen. I won't be surprised, right? I won't be in doubt. I won't be, you know, confused, but God, the more we lean into the presence of God, the more we trust whatever he's going to do is he's going to do on time. But we also feel that stirring in us, that faith, that, that contending for what he has for us. And we have to quit 
expecting him to do it our way. How many want God to do it your way? It's like Burger King. Have it your way. Is that Burger King? I don't know. You know, that's right. That's right. You know, hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. Lord, don't make me have to do anything hard. Let's just do the easy stuff. And then you just show up and do what you do and it'll all be good. And we laugh about it. But really, that's what we're, we are actually trained in school from the time we're little bitty kids to have a formula, to have a process, to know that one plus one equals two, unless you're doing common core math, and then it's a whole different subject. But we won't talk about that right now. But you know, when you think about it, that's actually been ingrained in us. That there is a process, there is a formula for our lives. And it's interesting because God has a formula for us And it says, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your spirit. And you obey the Lord in all that he asks you to do. And sometimes the obedience part of it is the hard part. Because we want God to do something. But we want God to do it where we are not inconvenienced where we don't have to feel awkward or weird about it. We don't have to be those people. When right now, it's actually kind of cool to be those people. Because everybody's looking for someone unique. I was watching, do y'all know who uh, Kat Vaughn, um, what's her last name? Dee, yeah. She is a tattoo artist. If you don't know who she is, you can Google her. But apparently, I was watching a little clip from her, and she has recently been born again. And she was talking about that when she was young, she was just looking. She was searching so hard. And something that, because she's very creative, something that satisfied her was she got into tattooing. But now she's made this full, you know, the circle to Jesus. And there's just like a whole wonder about her because everything she'd been searching for for all these years, she found in him. And this new journey of discovery of what he has for her. But we have to not only take the faith that is already in us. God gave us faith. It says in the word that we have faith. So we take what is in us. We take where we need that breakthrough. We get a picture. We get a visual of what that's going to look like when we have that breakthrough. And we start building our faith to what we can see to what is manifested. And we do it with the heart that whatever he says, that's what we'll do. I, I want to talk about da- Naaman for a minute. Let's go to Naaman, uh, 2 Kings 5, 9. And as you're turning there, I just wanted to say, you know, not only was the paralytic, not only was he healed spiritually, his sins were forgiven. He's healed emotionally because a paralytic was considered nothing. They were considered of no value. And he was healed physically. So my guess is he probably did not go around living in his past of being a paralytic. 
He lived in the future of being able to walk. And I think that's one place we need to tear off the roof is tear off our past and not let our past define us, but like, let the healing of our past through Jesus Christ propel us. Let's look at Naaman for a minute. Second Kings 5. I was working on it, but I didn't get there. Then we're going to talk about mysteries. Because there's a, uh, well, let's just not go there till it's time to go. Sometimes you get so excited because your mind is there. I've been, you know, I wake up, that song, uh, Tear Off the Roof, plays in my head when I'm waking up. You know, I dream about this. I'm like, okay, Lord, I know you've got more to say about this. So Naaman, we know that he was a commander. Uh, he was not of Israel. He was a commander. He had leprosy and still be able to hold a commanding post. Um, he goes through this thing. They have an Israeli servant. She says if, our, if the commander could only go, that he could get healed. So he goes on this journey to get healed. And I'm just going to read a couple segments out of it because he encounters Elisha. And uh, first he goes to the king and the king tears his clothes and says, who am I, God? Yeah, I can't heal you. But then they say, oh, Elisha, the prophet can do it. Verse 9, it says, Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. There's the obedience that needs to be followed, right? But Naaman because became furious, and he went away, saying, Indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over this place and heal the leprosy. So here is the contention. We know that when God is trying to move us someplace, it is going to challenge us and what we believe in our heart. God is trying to move Naaman into healing. He's already heard from three people that he could be healed. But as soon as he got the word to go to the Jordan, what is blocking his healing was revealed in his heart. Sometimes our breakthrough is being blocked by our heart condition. Naaman wanted a big, exciting display because he was important. He wanted Elisha to wave his hands and let everyone see because he was important. He didn't want to go wash in that little dirty Jordan River. He wanted to go to one of the other rivers. He said, at least let him send me to another river. And his servant said to him uh, in verse 13, his servant came near and spoke to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you have not done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean. So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according uh, to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. You know, sometimes you need a friend to tell you, hey, you need to get going because God's already given you the instruction. I don't want to hear about what you don't want to do. I don't want to hear about how it's going to embarrass you. I don't want to hear how your family's going to be upset at you. I just want to hear that you've done what God's called you to do. I want you to break through your heart condition 
so that you're able to follow God all the way through he, what he has for you. You know, this, this breakthrough season that we're in, it's hard because God is calling us to say things, to do things, and to stand in ways that we didn't have to do 20 years ago. We didn't have to do 10 years. Heck, we didn't have to do before 2019. 2019 was a game changer because it began to divide. It divided families. It divided our nation. It divided households. It divided companies. And now we're called to, we got to pick a stand. How long will you waver? If God is your God, choose God. If he's not, then move on. So this is a season where there's no wavering. When God says move, he means like today. He doesn't mean next week after you've thought about it for three or four weeks, four or five weeks. And then by then you've already forgotten and decided, oh, it probably wasn't really God. You know, you know God's voice. When he speaks, you got to move. Jesus told that man, pick up your mat, stand up, walk. The only reason he could walk is because he actually did it. If he laid on the ground and said, Jesus, there's no way. I'm not going to do it. I'm not getting up. I'm not going to do it. Then he would not have been healed. The faith of his friends that brought him breakthrough would have fallen to the ground because he was not willing to take the risk to step into what God had for him. It's a risk season. It's a risk season. So I want to talk about how does this bring us over into the mysteries? We, we know that every time a mystery of God is revealed to us, which there's lots of them coming, you know, the mystery of Jesus being the Christ, that was a huge breakthrough. And when people started seeing that, that Jesus was the Messiah, it opened them up to the greater things of God. When we have breakthrough in this mysterious world of God, it brings revelation to a greater breakthrough for us. So we have to steward the mysteries that God has given us. And, and I, this is where we are right now. Ooh, ooh, Matthew 13. Ooh, get excited. Because what you're going to say, you're going to say, you know what? That is happening to me. And I'm not sure I put all that together, but that is happening to me. Matthew 13, Jesus is talking to everyone about the parables. Verse 11, he's talking to everyone about the parables. Well, we'll start in verse 10. It says, and the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. It has not been given to them because they could not receive the revelation that Jesus was breaking open for them. We have to be willing to receive the revelation so that we understand the mysteries in plain language in order for us to build on the next thing that God wants to reveal to us. Verse 12 says, for whoever has to him more will be given. Do you want more? That's what we've been crying out for, more. 
and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. So, so we understand this is what the word is saying. God is revealing things to us that we can decide to step into or not. If we step into, then more will be given to us and an abundance will be given to us. If we decide not to, what we have will be taken away because we will become dull. You know, I don't worry about what one plus one is anymore. I learned that in first grade. But if I would have stayed on the one plus one, I would have gotten dull. I would have never been able to advance because I couldn't have done algebra or geometry. I couldn't have done a business plan and how to figure out a P&L. I couldn't have done all that because I stayed at the elementary teaching. God is saying, I don't want you in the elementary teaching. I am moving you from revelation to revelation, from glory to glory. I'm revealing mysteries to you that confound your mind. I called Pastor Karen last week because I said, you know, I heard something and it threw me off. I was listening to someone teach and it threw me off because the other person that I was listening to from the same house said something almost opposite of what that said. And it made me go before the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I understand conceptually what both of them said. But I need to understand spiritually what is being spoken into me. You know, I need to be able to. It wasn't that one was right and one was wrong. It's just that the way they said it made it appear to be in opposition. Sometimes when you don't understand what's going on, you got to get before the Lord and have the Lord bring the revelation to you so that you can grow out of that revelation. We want to continue growing revelation to revelation. You know, First um, uh, Corinthians 2 talks about how Jesus was the revelation. He was the mystery revealed. But from the mystery revealed came the Holy Spirit who looks at the deep things of God, the deep mysteries of God, and tells them to us. Now, I want to be a housing place for the mysteries of God. And the things I don't understand, I want to dig deep with God. I want to process with other people so that I can move into a greater revelation, into a fullness of mystery that is coming. Revelation 10. Here, we'll just go there for real quick. I had Noah mark this for me. But Revelation 10 talks about the fullness of the mysteries. We are in the process of getting to the fullness of the mysteries. Verse, what, what verse does I start with, Noah? Can you tell me? Five, okay. So it says, Then the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised up his hand to the heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in it, the earth and the things that are in it, and excuse me, the sea and the things that are in it, that they should, there should be delay no longer. But in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished. 
would be finished as he declared to his servants and his prophets. So the mystery of God at some place will be finished. But right now, there's still an unveiling of the mystery that he is declaring to his servants and his prophets. You just have to decide, do you want to be a housing unit for God to declare his mysteries, to build upon the kingdom that is moving forward? The kingdom is not going backwards. It is moving, moving forward. You can go with it or not, but it is going with or without you. There's a call on your life to go with it, but it's like everything else. You've got to be obedient to what God has called you to do. And you've got to be immediate in your obedience. You've got to hear the voice of God and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Uh, you know, last week I just read scripture for a half hour, right? So I've never done that before, but I have said before, even if I just read scripture, the word of God moves. The word of God is alive. And last week, the word of God moved. The word of God was alive. We had that altar call. Jean's become the altar pastor now. (laughs) It just suddenly God is like, come to the altar. You know, it's not a formula. It's just like. He even said Friday night, I don't know what's happening. I guess I'm just the altar man now. But God said, come to the altar. When God says do it, it is not optional. Well, you can choose to be disobedient. But to God, it is not optional. There will be a price to pay for disobedience. And the pro- part of the price is paying. Yes, you will not have breakthrough in your health. You will not have breakthrough in your family. You will not have breakthrough in your finances. But the bigger price is you will not have the breakthrough of revelation, the mysteries of God that he is revealing in this hour to help advance the kingdom. You will be left behind in that part of the calling. Who wants to be left behind in that advancing of the kingdom? I don't. I don't. I don't want to be the one who was like the Pharisees looking in the window saying, who gave you the authority? God anointed us with the power of the Holy Spirit. He imparted his very presence within us. He gave us authority to move, to heal, to declare, and even to rain down the presence when it needs to happen. You know, we carry so much more than we even understand until the moment presents itself. And then suddenly we're alive. We're like, oh, you need healing? Who was it just gave that testimony? Yeah, I'm just standing around. Oh, she had a broken arm. Oh, let me pray for you. There, you know, it's we're on high alert all the time. And then the suddenly puts a demand on the high alert that's already in us. So we have to decide, am I all in? And that for me, for you guys, is really a rhetorical question. I know you well enough to know you're all in. But the mystery pulls the revelation down that brings the breakthrough for whatever God has appointed it to do. So we have to be the carriers of the mystery of God that builds from one to the next, from glory to glory, as the kingdom is fulfilled in its specific timing for the specific reason that God has for it in that moment. Sounds like a big assignment, doesn't it?
But we already do it. We just don't always realize that that's what's happening. So when you think about the paralytic that's sent through, and yeah, I don't know if y'all saw the chosen, but the skinny guy that jumps on the roof and yells across, that was Peter. The other guy sitting beside there was Matthew. And when you think about it, you know, they're all waiting, holding their breath, knowing that this is why they follow him. That's what we're doing. We hold our breath in awe, in anticipation of how Jesus is going to come through us today, through our worship this morning, through our testimonies this morning, through just receiving of the word and the fellowship afterwards. And then as we go through the day, as we go through the week, as we go through the night, you know, knowing that the Lord is, it says that he puts things in us. He hides things in us in the night to be harvested later at a different time. So there's so much stuff going in us from God. We just have to make sure we have to go through this process of testing what needs to be torn off. Where does the roof need to be torn off? When we are faced with a challenge by God, a challenge in our own lives, what is provoked within us that needs to be removed from us in order us, for us to get our breakthrough? That's a lot, isn't it? But that's good. God is fun. He is fun because he's just got so much for us. And it, the fun part is, is he, he entrusts us with his mysteries and he entrusts us to do the right thing with what he's imparted into us. Because as we move and flow as a body across the world, the kingdom is moving and flowing through us as well as the angelicos that were coming, as well as, you know, the, the other things that are going on. It's, it's just all happening at the same time. And we have this one small part in it, but without us, that part can't be completed, right? Amen. Amen. So let's pray. I just want to pray uh, for a couple of things. I want, there's a couple of things the Lord gave me. I want to pray to tear down, um, uh, tear away. Well, I've got like four or five things. Let me just read them. And then we're just going to stand and pray. I want to uh, tear the roof off of strongholds that have uh, made its way in our lives off of lies of the enemy off of the past. I felt like this morning the past is a big thing. Um, I want to tear the roof off of unforgiveness and uh, any delays. Okay. Uh, so if you guys will stand, I just want to pray over us in that. And, you know, for some of you, it may have spoken to you. You may have something else that God wants to just kind of remove out of your way. But um, remember, that God has just more and more and more for us. And he wants us to be stewards of his mystery for the revelations to come. So, Father, we just pray right now. We, we just want to uh, tear the roof off of strongholds. Things that have set themselves up like pillars in our life that keeps us from moving forward with you. Uh, whether it's uh, fears, 
uh, whether it is uh, rejection and lies, Lord, we just want to pull off. That we, I just see just the pulling off of it, that that we're no longer let those those columns of paralyzation keep us from moving forward. So, Lord, we just break every stronghold in our life. And with it, we tear off the past. The past does not define us. Paul says that, you know, he talks about all that he has done in, in persecuting believers. And he says, but I'm forgetting the past and I'm pressing on for the prize which Christ Jesus has set for me. So, Lord, right now, we're just forgetting the past uh, that has any hold on us. Where we go back and do narratives of the past. We go back and revisit the past. We go back and retell as if it happened to us yesterday. Lord, we just break that off now in Jesus' name. And, and Lord, if there's any unforgiveness in our heart, I'm just asking you right now just to highlight it. Let us just speak now that for forgiveness and release of whoever we're holding bitterness in our heart toward. And it doesn't invalidate what happened. It just frees us. And Lord, we want freedom. So if there's anybody just right now, just take a moment and confess and, and just uh, forgive them. Just And it's a choice. I choose. I don't feel like forgetting them, but I'm going to choose to because that's what your word says, Lord. So God, we just choose to forgive them in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just want to release um, a uh, no more delays. Even the word out of Revelation said there will be no more delays. And I know that that's a latter word, but it's a rhema word right now for us. No more delays in Jesus' name. God, we just thank you that uh, every hindrance that's in the way will be moved like the mountain so that we can step into what you have for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And I want to release vision. Lord, where there is prophetic words over us, where there is a written word over us, let us have a vision for what it looks like and what it'll be like when it's manifested and we call that vision forth we 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 can see it so we call things that are not as though they are and we declare the manifestation of those things whether it's healing whether it's financial breakthrough whether it's prodigal children whether it's um uh oh yes lord i just i see it what i keep seeing is uh whether it's a hope that has been deferred Lord, we call in the fulfillment because it becomes a tree of life for us. So, Lord, we just thank you that there is a calling in of what we're able to see, what we can articulate, even smell and hear the fulfillment of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.